I'm Annie Lobert and welcome to The Pink Chair Show where we bring real, raw, and relevant issues of today from a woman's perspective. We bring solutions to the table and I am so excited to introduce to you a mighty, mighty woman of God, a beautiful person, and an overcomer in Jesus to the program today, my dear friend, Ashley Renee. And Ashley Renee actually is a graduate of our Destiny House program for women that are coming out of sex trafficking. So Ashley Renee, I just love you and I'm so excited that you're here today and you are absolutely (laughs) gorgeous. Thank you. You are. In fact, hey, the devil came after you because of that beauty. Yes, so <laughs> I first heard about you. I mean, you were a legend because your mom went, came to uh, a speaking engagement that I had and she was crying and just so sweet. And she said, can you just pray for my daughter? And just the most sincere. I mean, she was just <clears throat> she just loved you. And we prayed for you. And she said, can we please uh, get in contact with you and your staff to see if my daughter could leave her situation and come to your house? And I said, yes, I'd love to speak with her. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what happened prior to coming to Destiny House? Yeah, definitely. So I just want everyone to know if you had a bad childhood, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have a bad life. I had a a really blessed childhood. I grew up in the church. You know, I wasn't a a preacher's or pastor's kid, but my family was very involved. Um, I'm a triplet. I have two brothers. So I was. You got two brothers. Yeah, very close to my family. And um, so I graduated high school in 2006, and shortly after the economy fell apart, and it was hard to keep a job. It's hard to go to school. It was hard to pay for gas. I remember me and my friends were like, just oh, use our paychecks just to do that, and it was horrible. And um, you know, my family was going through foreclosure and whatnot. And I had done modeling here and there throughout high school, and then my um, early adult life. And I had a photo shoot, and I was like, great, you know, I was someone that was pretty well known, the photographer, and she was telling me about this guy that has his own magazine out here in Vegas, and. Um, she said, you know, I think you should go to the shoe. It's on a weekend and, you know, you can come with us. And I did. And, you know, I know God uh, knows the plans he has for me, but little did I know that that was soon going to be my future, now my ex-trafficker. Wow. And, um, you know, he's... So he lured you with a job, with the did. advertising of his company. He definitely. And, um, so you came to Vegas. He did. Mm-hmm. And, and you started modeling for him? So in 2000, I actually, so after that photo shoot, um, it was around uh, Christmas time of 2011, and I was 23. And I talked to him off and on for six months, texting back and forth. And God, you know, God kept telling me, like, I don't want you to do this. Like, this molly doesn't sound right. There's a lot of things that was going to be risky, things I would have to wear or not wear, I should say. (laughs) And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to do this. I, I believe that this could be the answered prayer that God's trying to show me. Uh, my family won't have to do foreclosure, this and that. We'll have money. And in June of 2012 is when I flew out to Vegas. And Wow, it sounds like the enemy came in and said, you know, you can basically do this. And did you know it was going to be trafficking? Did you know that you would have to sell yourself? Not at all. At the time. Not you thought all. this was basically an answered prayer to money problems during the economy dump. 
in 2008, right? Yeah. So you came and you got here and what happened? So he had put me in a really nice hotel. Of course. And it wasn't permanent. He said he was getting my apartment, everything situated, that I had to get my birth certificate, um, you know, from my family, this and that. And why together. did you need your birth certificate? Um, I don't know, but I trusted him because he had a lot of money and he knew a lot of people. Right. And so, I mean, you just said, okay, I'm going to go with it. Mm -hmm. I did. And I know that sounds really, you know, naive. naive. <laughs> But, but these traffickers know exactly what to ask for and how to reel you in. And, and I think he also might have seen within you maybe a, a very sincere vulnerability mm -hmm. that you wanted to help your family, right? Mm -hmm. Did he also see a desire in your heart for a relationship? Yeah, he was definitely the Romeo type pimp for sure. Um, he, what, he's, you know, definitely not my type. Mm -hmm. So it's really ironic how that worked out, but... Um, I fell in love with who I thought he was in the beginning. And While you're then, here in Vegas, you're in the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, shortly after that too, I remember really clearly two weeks go by and I'm still in this really nice hotel, not thinking anything of it. And you haven't sold yourself yet. Nope. It's, uh, it kind of reminded me of the movie, Pretty Woman. You oh. know, she was in a nice hotel right. and he was helping Richard her. Richard Gere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, um, he told me that a lot of his girls, video vixens will do dancing on the side to get their own money. I don't know why it never crossed my mind thinking if they have money, why are they doing that? Right. It doesn't their, make any sense. Where's their money going to? So right. I started dancing and that's what my birth certificate was for because back then, I don't know how it is now, um, you had to have all your info and stuff to apply for dancing. Right. You need to get a contractor's license. Yep. I think it's mm -hmm. still like that in Las Vegas. So you started dancing where? In the strip clubs? Yes. Okay. Yep. So you started dancing in the strip clubs, then bringing your money home and then what? I had a client ask me a very interesting question. So I went to my... AKA buyer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I went to my ex-trafficker or trafficker at the time and the guy wanted to see me outside of the club. And I said, no, you know, I'm working. I can't do that. So my trafficker at the time said, get his number, you know, just go on a date. A lot of my girls do this on the side just for fun. It's nothing bad. They'll take you to dinner. You can get drinks. They'll buy you stuff. And it just literally reminded me of the uh, movie Pretty Woman. Key word, buy you stuff. Yeah. Buy you stuff. Take yeah. you to Chanel Versace, yeah. Rodeo Drive, yeah. Forum Shops, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. We're going to be right back. You guys have to not leave because when we get back at the Pink Chair Show, Ashley Renee is going to share what happened next and you don't want to miss it. Today on the pink chair, we are talking about a very serious subject and the subject is sex trafficking, human trafficking. And many of you right now probably don't even know what I'm talking about. Maybe some of you have heard this buzzword cause it's a buzzword now, but what it is, is this, the definition is anytime a human is being used for sex, coerced, forced into, or fraudulently brought into commercial sexual exploitation. They are being, being sex trafficked. And it's important to address because today 
It's going on in our own backyard. It's going on in Las Vegas. It's going on in Los Angeles. It's going on in Minnesota. It's going on in New York and Florida, wherever. Wherever there is an internet with a smartphone and a computer, there is sex trafficking going on. And today I wanted to share about my book, Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior. And if you want to know the story of trafficking in Las Vegas and what it looks like and how it can happen to even you, your best friend, your daughter, your sister, your mother, could be even a, a son or a brother of yours, this will tell you the tale of trafficking in Las Vegas. And then also I wanted to talk about briefly the Destiny House. This is a place that God put on my heart in 2007 where ladies can come dream, discover, develop into the perfect God-given destiny He's originally designed for them. And Ashley Renee here today is one of our young ladies that has been at Destiny House and she can tell you the, the amazing things that have happened to her in her life. And, and if you could say one thing, Ashley Renee, about Destiny House, if another girl wants to come in, what would you say to that? You can finally rest and restore <laughs> you don't have to worry. Right. There's safety and stabilization, counseling, uh, equine therapy, good foods, life skills, and of course, a lot of Jesus. We love oh, yeah. the Jesus factor, right? A lot right? of Jesus. <laughs> That's right. So if you guys are interested in that and you know someone's being trafficked, you can go to hookersforjesus.net. Email us. You can call 702-883-5155. It's our hotline to report it. Thanks for joining us today at The Pink Chair. Hi, I'm Annie. Welcome back to the Pink Chair Show, where I have an amazing, intelligent, fierce woman of God named Ashley Renee that is sharing her story of being sex trafficked on the Las Vegas Strip. So Ashley Renee, can you tell us you were in Las Vegas, you were now dancing at a strip club because your trafficker, you thought it was your boyfriend, right? Romeo told you, oh, if you hustle and get money on the side, this is what the other girls are doing to make extra money. And you had a client, AKA buyer, want to spend some time with you outside of the club. And what did your trafficker say to you? So when I had mentioned it to him, he said, you know, go ahead and get his number. Um, he said, don't give him yours because you want to be in control. And it's like these little words wow. that I never paid attention to. It didn't dawn on me until I think back on it. I'm like, okay, I see the bigger picture now. So um, get his number, you know, a lot of my girls do stuff like that on the side, go, um, go shopping, they'll take you to dinner, you know, have drinks, nothing bad. They'll buy you stuff. And I was like, okay, so I got his number and I'm literally texting this guy, my date, my buyer, this John, with my pimp at the time with me and he's telling me what to say to him. There it is. Okay, so do people realize that as we're talking, men out there, if you're calling and purchasing ladies, this is an example right now. Her pimp was standing right there next to her while she's texting the buyer, AKA people that purchase women for money, for sex. Maybe it might be you, maybe it's one of your friends that you know. So after you were texting him, what happened next? So he asked me how much, and I wasn't sure exactly what that was because I was working in the strip club. I wasn't doing extras then. And James told me 600 for an hour. Um, that's my ex-trafficker's name. And so I told him that and 
the the girl that's been with him the longest, one of the working girls, which I thought was his assistant. Right. That's what which I was, was told lie. for his magazine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but that was his bottom girl. Yeah, his bottom girl. And what's a bottom girl? The one that's been there the longest. That's the one uh, that holds down the fort, yep. the one that controls the stable for him because he controls her like a puppet. Mm -hmm. So she's a victim too. She is, yeah. And she took me to the guy's house and right when we walked in, I just started drinking because I was so nervous. I knew what was going to happen because she was telling me I'll be right outside in the car. If you need help, whatever, just, you know, come outside or whatnot. And um, I'll never forget, I drank Chardonnay out of this plastic cup. The guy, even though what he was doing wasn't right and what I was doing wasn't right, he was very nice. <laughs> Thank God he didn't rate me. Thank God he didn't pull a gun out or anything like that. But I'll never forget him, the way he looked. And, you know, you're bringing this girl into your house. I don't know if he has kids. I don't know right. his family. If his wife's there or right. if he has a gun or knife or a fetish or weird stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. he brought you into the house and then when you were done, what happened? I walked outside and I got in the car and I What said, did you feel like? I felt like I lost my soul. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't a virgin when I had met my ex-trafficker and stuff, but I did not imagine that was going to be my life for six years. And um, it was horrible. I couldn't believe how fast I sold my soul. And I wasn't even there for an hour. You just say that to them to get your money, get in, get out. They don't right. care. So when you left, did, did your trafficker say, give me your money? Yeah. Or put it in the pool of our money, our investment? Um, he said that we had bank accounts together, you know, we're going to do business and all that. But I always handed the money because he knows a lot of people. He has all these other companies while he's doing this stuff on the side. I trusted him, you know, mm -hmm. how did he get there in the first place with all these businesses? Well, I think we know how now. Yeah. <laughs> He, he was doing uh, laundering and on the inside of everything Yeah, and having other girls. How many girls do you think he had? He would tell me, he said he's had over 360-something girls. Total. Yeah, and, and a his... lot of them leave, don't stay. Right. So then how many did he have, do you know, while you were with him? Um, so despite thinking that the bottom girl was his assistant, um, I mean, there was many that came throughout the years. And it, it made me feel better because I'm like, see, I'm his girlfriend. Like, you guys can't, you don't have a chance. You're not going to last. Right. And he would use that and make me feel more special. Like, you know, I treat you this way because I care about you. These girls, I just, you know. They're just trash They're to not going to stay. Just, they're just product. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just my exploitive product that I can make money off of you. It's you and me, baby. Yeah. So did you ever consider that maybe he was lying to you? Maybe in the back of your heart, like maybe this isn't true. Like maybe he treats those other girls just like me and he's lying to them too. Um, not for the first three years. After that, wow. I started seeing things. You started seeing, and what were those things you saw? Um, so if he would get a new girl, he would treat them the way he treated me Real in the beginning. Special. Really good. And I just paid attention and I would look at his Instagram and this and that. And I'm like, wow. But it, it was so painful to have to acknowledge that. I just drowned myself in alcohol and cocaine and cutting here and there with that. And I was like, dude, I came this far. I left my family. I left everything, even though they were fighting for my life for six years. How do I recover from this? 
So was he go, was he having you go on like calls? Yeah. Or just working solely in the strip club? No, um, it started in the in the strip club. Um, I, in my opinion, I think a lot of the managers and people in the strip club are traffickers too because you pay out your managers a certain amount so that way you can get more money from your client. They don't have to pay bottle service and this and that, or right. you just tip under the table. So everyone acts like nothing's going on. But I did what they call the carpet here mm -hmm. in Vegas. You go to the casinos, right. you walk. I've done it. Um, <laughs> but it's not just here in, in Vegas. Right. I've done Texas. I've mm -hmm. done Florida. You know, all these other places. and Posh casinos, posh hotels. Yeah, and then Backpage. Backpage was a major Still one. working. Yep. Oh, that's unfortunate. No, 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 it was back then. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, I thought it was done. <laughs> We're the number one per capita. They did a survey with Backpage when they did this survey across different cities. We're the number one per capita for trafficking in the United States, Las Vegas. Is. Yeah, I believe it. So tell me, Ashley Renee, what brought you to this place where you could not continue the way things were going. I mean, six years of being trafficked, six years of selling your body, six years of sharing someone you loved with all your heart. You would have done anything with this guy, right? You'd have done anything with him at the time. With other women that were beautiful, like you are. Thank you. And <laughs> were. You're always beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> but how, how did that take you to this place where you just were like, I am completely done? I want you to answer that question when we come back. You guys don't want to miss the finale of Ashwinay's story. This is life-changing for some of you and all of you because this is sex trafficking in your own backyard, the United States of America. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Annie Lobert and I have a story to tell you. I wrote a memoir about my life in Las Vegas being sex trafficked. Yes, I said sex trafficked on the Las Vegas Strip for over a decade. My story is called Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior. If you want to learn about sex trafficking, human trafficking, this is the story and book for you. It's going on in your own backyard, whether you want to believe it or not. You can pick this up at hookersforjesus.net or you can go to Amazon and click on Annie Lobert and Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior. Hi, I'm Annie Lobert and this is the Pink Chair Show. Earlier we were talking to my dear sweet friend Ashley Renee about her story on the Las Vegas Strip and being sex trafficked as a model. You guys, if you don't think this can't happen to you or a friend of yours being pulled into a job that is an undercover sex trafficking operation, you are highly, highly mistaken. Ashley Renee's story is so profound. I want her to share what happened to her and her rock bottom. So Ashley Renee, I want you to go ahead and read something that you wrote. And you're very talented, actually. <laughs> you, you apparently are a poet. <laughs> And I, when I first heard this, you shared it with a church that we were at, and I just was like, wow, this is incredible. So can you read this to our audience about your journey? Yeah, we're gonna do that. Um, so when I had wrote this, I didn't wanna write it. I just felt like, you know, my, my testimony's not good enough. I haven't been through stuff that other people have been through, because Satan just, he didn't want this to be written, right. so. Um, I wrote it in like 10, 15 minutes and I wrote it without stopping. It literally reminded me of the movie I can only imagine when he started writing that song. Wow. 
And um, so, all right, here we go. Church girl growing up thought everything was good. Loved the Lord with all my heart, knew where I stood. Graduated high school 2006. The economy started to fall apart, nothing I could fix. Gas was high, jobs were low, trying to survive, didn't want to see my family fall below. Had the looks, had the body, met a man named James who could fix my economy. Well known in the music world and modeling, hoping this was God sending him to help me from falling. Yes, he was sent, but from the wrong king, the one from pure darkness, where I became trapped and could not flee. Told me beautiful lies to keep me to stay, and soon from God I fell astray. A world that's not seen, where your dreams seem to be brought to light, but really I was fighting for my life. The glitz and glam that people see have nothing to do with reality. Drinking seemed to get the job done after so many arrests, rape, and people pulling out guns. Fighting for my life didn't seem so bad. It was all I knew since I left my heavenly dad. For the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans for a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. I said to God, please save me. I'm turning into such an ugly creature. I want to leave it all behind and follow the true vine. And as the blade was drawing blood from my wrist, he sent his angels down and said, you no longer have to resist. I'll take your pain and give you everlasting life to gain. I'll bring you to a place of peace where you can really get to know me. A battle many of my children have fought before. And I left one of them who was waiting for you at the door. A place called Destiny House that was built on my love for my people. And as I looked up to God, I knew this was real. A place built on faith, love, and hope in God alone. I can now rest and let God make me stronger than stone. I'm beyond thankful my life is saved and to be the example of Christ in me to you today. Now it's my turn to open up the door for many more. And then uh, my life verse is at the bottom of it. You can say it. Okay. Oh, you're crying. Um, so it's Luke 1, 45. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was so beautiful. I know I've already heard it before, but I don't care because it makes me tear up because it makes, it reminds me of myself in a lot of ways and how I was feeling and how worthless I felt and how lost I felt, you know? And um, just seeing that life through someone else's eyes makes me realize that it's so much bigger than my story, you know, and that there's so many other girls out there that need to hear the truth. You know what I mean? And so, Ashley, Renee, can you tell me, um, you know, about your transformation? Just you, you got out of the life, you came into Destiny House, and what has God done for you? Oh, complete turnaround. I, I totally believe with all my heart, mind, and spirit that I'm a better person for what I went through than I was before I went through it. Um, I don't even recognize who I was back then in those years of being trafficked. Um, it's kind of like an old friend. I, you know, remember them, but don't really know who they are anymore. <laughs> yeah, your old name, your yeah, old persona. The old man. And that's what know? we do, right? We we create this persona because we can't be who we really are because who we really are would never do that. No. Who we really are and who God designed us to be in Christ would have never done those things, right? Yeah. Our true heart intention was never to be sold or to sell ourselves or sell our souls to the enemy. Right. Right. So how hard has it been for you to stay on the path or 
or what struggles, what was something that you fought the most to get ground with Jesus, to stay with him and to stay on the path he put you on at Destiny House? I think the hardest part about this whole journey is complex trauma. I didn't even know of that until I met you and came to Destiny House. And I thank God every day that you were obedient to what he was calling you to because I probably wouldn't be alive. Uh, not probably, I wouldn't be. Right. Um, your mind is so manipulated and you're so used to thinking and being a certain way that I wanted a personal relationship with Jesus Christ more than anything. And I would just say, Lord, I can't do this. I don't know how. I'm reading the word. It's not clicking. Right. But I know you're true. I know you're not a liar. Please give me the willingness and help me to know who you are and who I am in you. And I would just be really honest. Some days I'm like, God, I can't do this, but I know you can. Right. And that's that would be my prayer. And I would cry and cuss at him. <laughs> yeah. And you, and you were so good because I remember we were talking, we were reminiscing at your graduation how, how, how much you've changed and how much change I've seen and how much growth and maturity and just like this gentleness and this holiness and like this purity about you that is so beautiful. Uh, not just your skin tone and everything because you're so oh, pretty. But thank you. <laughs> I, I mean, God. <laughs> it, it's like you, 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 you totally have been transformed and you're continuing to be transformed. Like you're continuing to grow up. You're continuing to, to, to lean into what he has for you. And I, I'm just really, really impressed with your sobriety because you didn't go back to the bottle. You didn't go back to yeah. the sex industry. You have stayed the course and you've remained faithful to what you said you were going to do. And that is golden. I mean, it is, it is like in itself, that is like a total testament. Like the Revelations 12, 11 says, you know, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony defeats the enemy. So you've defeated them just by sharing today. And every time you share that poem and anytime you get in the pulpit or anytime you preach or, cause I see you doing it. I really do. And just sharing <laughs> in the future with other women like us that need to hear the truth. And if you could say one thing, because you have about 30 seconds, to a woman that's still out there like you were, what would you say to her right now? You are so loved beyond anything you know. And when you know God, you can't turn back. It's not even can't, you don't want to. Don't give up. Don't give up. I agree with you right now. In Jesus' name, we're going to pray in for Jesus that girl. Name. Or girls. There's going to be many. Yes. <laughs> so, you guys, thank you so much for joining today. I'm a wreck, I know. But this is the pink chair bringing real, raw, relevant issues of today. Sex trafficking to the forefront, bringing solutions. And today, we heard an awesome story by Ash Renee about the solution. Jesus is the answer to being set free from trafficking. You guys, don't forget come back. We have more guests to the pink chair. We love you. Bye. Today on the pink chair, we are talking about a very serious subject. And the subject is sex trafficking, human trafficking. And many of you right now probably don't even know what I'm talking about. Maybe some of you have heard this buzzword because it's a buzzword now. But what it is, is this. The definition is any time a human is being used for sex, coerced, forced into, or fraudulently brought into commercial sexual exploitation, they are being, being sex trafficked. And it's important to address because today 
It's going on in our own backyard. It's going on in Las Vegas. It's going on in Los Angeles. It's going on in Minnesota. It's going on in New York and Florida, wherever. Wherever there is an internet with a smartphone and a computer, there is sex trafficking going on.